Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 63 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again in my own highly biased opinion I think I have an active energized alert belter of a show lined up for you today. And um, just a quick note a very big well done to those regular listeners who got in touch with me in recent weeks who had spotted that our introductory music ident was a tad different in the past couple of episodes. It was indeed. There are no prizes for such observations but you can bask in the glory of knowing that I appreciate you greatly. So well done you again. Uh, in a short while, I'll be sharing with you an interview with my guest Claude Ribot. Then I'll be looking at the hypnosis in the news stories, examining the media where hypnosis has featured. I'm going to offer up some personal subjective commentary on the ways hypnosis is portrayed in the media and also comment on the content of those media stories. We then return with our professional discussion with my guest Claude will be talking about his active alert hypnosis approach that he lectures about and uses with his one-to-one hypnotherapy clients. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussions and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub, and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. That's hypnosisweekly with a hyphen in the middle dot com. You can add your thoughts, comments and make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do go and give us a favourable rating and even a review at iTunes. I'll be a BFF if you do. Additionally, this week, any listener to the Hypnosis Weekly podcast can get a whopping 20% discount on all of my advanced online hypnosis trainings, including my Cognitive Behavioural Hypnotherapy Certificate, my Hypnotic Coaching course my advanced hypnotherapy diploma and our hypnotherapist business development academy uh, simply visit my college website uh, aecollegeofhypnosis.uk and use the code podcast 20 and it will happen so first of all today is this week's interview i managed to get to chat with Claude Ribot a couple of times at last year's UK Hypnosis Convention and I really enjoyed sharing views and ideas about our approaches. I'll speak more about that later on. Um, One thing that really comes across whenever you speak to Claude is what a lovely man he is. He is incredibly enthusiastic about this field. He has a great passion for his work. I really love that about him. For now, 
We tune in to Switzerland, where Callord is based. Get comfy, my friends. Turn up the volume. Sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome to the show the one and only Claude Ribot. Claude, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. I, welcome, Adam. I'm great. It's great to be here on the on on and speaking to you. Great, great. So let's let's learn a little bit about you first of all. Um, tell us a little bit about how did you get into this field, your background, and perhaps how you've arrived where you are now. Now, initially, I was or I still am a social anthropologist. So as a social anthropologist, you experiment with traditional healing methods. We tried out sweat lodges uh, of North American Indians. We made shamanic journeys to get in touch with uh, our animals. So that's that was the, I would call it, natural or more academic way we approached um, hypnosis or whatever hypnosis was considered at that time in my yeah. life. Wow. Maybe another important thing, um, I was on a mission for the Red Cross in Bangladesh and I was... Um, on a vessel traveling throughout the night over the Sea of Bengal. And during that night, there was a heavy storm. And by luck, I was actually reading the book uh, by, written by Bandler and Grinder about um, hypnosis in trance or something like that. Yeah. And I was so fascinated by this book that all the problems other passengers had, they just didn't arrive to me. I it just and that was actually the fine introduction to what I would call therapeutic hypnosis. It worked so well on me that uh, I've decided to really follow up that. Wow, wow! Um, um, it sounds so fascinating. And and so within within that 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 period of time and throughout your exploration of the field um um tell me where you're at with hypnosis a little bit um, um so, so how do you define hypnosis and what, what's your journey been with regards to that and how do you explain hypnosis to perhaps your clients or people that ask you about it so of course as you can hear I started with Bandler and Grinder yeah. that means I started with NLP yeah. so uh, by and but later, of course, much later, I came to the active alert hypnosis. But that was 20 years later. I first was 20 years with NLP and then active alert hypnosis. And even later, I came to the uh, to the more uh, like omni-hypnosis or other ways of doing hypnosis, yeah. like uh, regressive hypnosis at a very much later state. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if I define now, I define the hypnosis as bypassing what we could call the critical factor yeah. and create a desired state or phase of consciousness in which the attention is narrowed, focused for the moment, just on one or a few things, whereas other information or perceptions may tend to fade in importance or even pass and unregistered for the conscious mind. And this 
is what I actually explain to the clients that in this time, the mind is very receptive to any idea or piece of learning. This is what I explain to them. Your mind is focused in a different way. And because of this, you're able to learn or change at a high speed. So tell me then, you, you sort of made some reference to some of your early learning and you made some reference to some of the, the sort of schools that you've, that you've worked around. Um, um, who are some of your major influences within this field? And are there any books and authors that you feel have taught you most? And uh, are there any particular teachers uh, or, or influences that have been the most, most impactful upon you? Okay, in my very early time, it was really, although it is maybe not known that these days anymore, it was a person called Carlos Castaneda. He wrote a lot of books about his journey with a Mexican witch master or whatever that was. And um, of course, I liked all this book. We read all these books and we also tested all the trans methods actually explained in these books. And later on, it was really the influence by Bandler and Grinder and the the teachers in Germany and in Switzerland who actually taught NLP. One was, for example, T. Stahl. And, of course, there were many, many, many people who actually taught that, even Grinder, I, with Grinder himself. And at parallel to this, there was a French person called a French psychologist. He's Jacques Donard. He actually was one of the co-founder of this method, which is very popular still in France, which is called sophrology. And it's a, it's a kind of uh, hypnosis. And Chuck Donar also, he actually developed a method called trance dance, mm. which was a therapeutic in, uh, intervention, which was done in a group. So I tried this also. So um, the books I really read during this time were mostly NLP books mm. and, of course, the key book by Jacques Donard, which is, I reread it recently, uh, which is not very useful practically today, mm. be- and it's also written in French. Right. Later on, I came in touch with uh, Elman based hypnosis, and here I was uh, with the son of Dave Elman, and of course, I was with Jerry Kine, who taught a lot. He's an American who who took that further. And also, if if looking at the books, which really influenced me a lot, I could say that uh, the the book by Elman was very influential influential for me. But there are, of course, many others. So after a while, it's difficult to say what really influenced you more and what less. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I get that. I get that. And so, you know, throughout throughout your career and throughout your, your explorations and, um, and the journey that you've been on as you've explored this field, what's, what's been one of the most impressive applications of hypnosis that you've witnessed directly? So, I must confess that the most impressive 
experience I made um, is still remains without explanation for me mm. because it was during a workshop we had in the mountains. It was a kind of ritual we did. And there was, um, in a group of people, there was a young lady who, due to an accident, couldn't work, walk at all. So we actually carried her upwards on a hill. It was maybe difference in altitude was maybe 500, 600 feet. So we had this ceremony with her. Don't ask me what exactly we did, but it sure was mm. hypnosis mm. in one way or another. And the fantastic thing is that she walked down the hill after this hypnosis. And wow. I, I was really surprised. And uh, But the problem here was nobody could really explain me how it was done. So that actually motivated me to learn more about hypnosis because it, it was just, I couldn't explain what they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Incredible yeah. experience. Yeah. Incredible. I think, um, you know, when when we when we have such experiences and it, it has such a profound impact upon us, I think it it definitely motivates and inspires our own work. Um, now, if you could go back to when you started out, um, when you first first started out using hypnosis um, um, therapeutically, knowing knowing what you know now, these years later, is there anything that you would do differently? And and if so, would you would you share that with our listeners? And is there any advice that the person that you are today would give the the younger version of you that you would extend to to hypnotherapists of today? Well, the one of the very important things I would do today is really to whenever I, I have done something, I have worked with something, I would actually talk much more about it. When I started, we were a bit hesitant about talking about changes. Uh, we were hesitant about talking about what hypnosis were, that it was hypnosis and so on and so on. So we kept it as a kind of secret. And I today, definitely, I would really start to tell people, okay, we are doing this, whatever you think about it publicly or wherever, just go ahead and talk about what you're doing, because then you can reach out to people. Because I think we are now, mm. and probably that's today more than when it was uh, 20 years ago, we are more and more living in a society where people feel somehow estranged, alienated politically, socially, economically. And therefore, the more a therapist can build on real feelings and respond to real issues brought forward directly to him, the easier it will be to establish himself and the more contact he will have and the 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 better he will succeed in serving people. So also I suggest to any therapist uh, who starts working, join others, create a sense of belonging uh, yeah. among yourself because you will need the support, you will need the exchange because it, towards your clients you will always feel a little lonely because they are not there to support you. They are not there to be an alliance for you. They are just a client. So you need a real strong alliance with others who, who work in, in the same field so you can exchange, discuss, share and so on. 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, that that that's some some brilliant advice there. Having having a sense of community, I think, is so important. A sense of community within your working field, especially when our working role by day is typically so isolated. Um, I think it's really important. And heck, you know, you and I, you and I met at a at a convention. It makes a lot of sense to go to conventions to go seek support, continued education, and 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 hear what other people have to say and learn and develop all of the time and and yeah I, I think that's that's a wonderful advice um, um tell me claude um what are your thoughts about um, um and do you have thoughts and 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 ideas about evidence-based approaches to hypnotherapy well that's clear that i'm as a social scientist i yeah. like whatever is evidence-based yeah now for me, the question is not that it is required to create an evidence base in whatever I do, but my big problem really is how can I demonstrate this evidence? How can I, can I as a practitioner really create the evidence? How can I uh, record whatever I do in my private sessions? Because they are private, so I cannot yeah. just take out the data. So. I, I'm a bit, I'm not so happy with this present, what I would call medical paradigm, which, which means that um, everything needs a double blind study um, to, to show evidence. Yeah. For me, as a, because a pra as a practitioner, you can hardly join uh, such uh, research. I would rather like uh, action research or something similar to yeah. be much more popular yeah. among practitioners because it would also help the practitioner themselves themselves to develop and get less burnout yeah 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 very interesting very interesting um claude tell me for people listening, where can they go? We're going to talk to you a lot more today, and and we're going to talk about a specialist area that that, that I'm really looking forward to exploring with you. Um, um, but for now, where can people go to learn more about your work, more about your approach to hypnosis? Of course, um, at the moment, uh, if it is Switzerland, Germany, German-speaking countries, and in the near future also some Asian countries like Bangladesh, Thailand, maybe also in the Middle East, in some places, I will have courses. There, people can learn much more. And of course, it's also the personal contact, which is possible or even yeah. uh, normal then. And other words, Otherwise, I'm also on conferences like uh, we had in London recently. I will be on a con convention in the States next summer also. So we, I try to disseminate whatever I do through these channels. Yeah, great. Uh, Great, yeah. great, and um, and we will make sure that there are links to um your website on uh, on this particular episode's uh, page of 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 the podcast as well. So anybody that wants to go and explore um um Claude's website can do that. Um, thank you very much for that introduction, Claude. And um, we will be back with Claude Rebo in just a few short moments' time.
I really enjoyed that. More from Claude uh, later on. Um, on to this week's hypnosis in the news and three stories that all make me very happy for very different reasons. Um, um, so three stories to share and talk about from the media this week. Um, first story is entitled, it was in a Daily Mirror, and was entitled um, World's First Deep Brain Surgery Using Hypnosis Instead of Anesthetic Cures Elderly Patients' Trembling Hands. This story is featured in a number of uh, media outlets. Um, Surgeons have completed the world's first deep brain surgery using hypnosis instead of an anaesthetic to control the patient's pain. Wow. You know, doctors carried out this, uh, (coughs) excuse me, deep brain stimulation procedure to cure the 73-year-old patient's severe trembling hands. In the procedure, the brain regions which are responsible for the tremor were electrically stimulated, causing the tremor to be effectively suppressed. So the patient can, for example, eat and write again without being disturbed. Um, Now, usually these kinds of medical interventions are done with anesthesia, medical um, um, uh, anesthesia. Um, but in this case, you know, after the electrodes have been placed in the effective brain area, the patients are, are then usually, when they have anesthesia, the patients are then woken up to check whether the electrodes are correctly placed, whether the tremor has been suppressed. Um, and that, but the sedative effect of the anesthesia can lead to distorted results, said Dr. Rupert Reichart, who's the head of neurosurgery department, um, that were dealing with this particular uh, um, surgical uh, operation. And he said, under hypnosis, there are no such side effects of anesthesia. There is an enormous advantage to check whether the activation of the electrodes is successful. I mean, wow, again. So Dr. Reichart provided the required speech hypnosis during the procedure and kept the patients in uh, the patient in hypnosis during the entire operation while colleague Dr Walter was carrying out the actual procedure now isn't this just fantastic this is such a wonderful application of hypnosis it's so relevant and useful on many levels it is actually helping to understand and make this type of surgery more effective that is without the the drowsiness and the side effects of the anesthesia hypnosis Hypnosis adds clarity and lucidity um, to the procedure. And, and uh, you know, I love this and I hope to read more about this, this type of thing occurring. You know, fingers crossed for some prevalence of this in this particular um, um, type of surgery. Our second story today was featured in the Oncology Nurse Advisor publication. Now, if you follow me or my hypnotherapy training college on Facebook or Twitter, you'll be able to go and examine the photos that I post regularly, whereby I share evidence-based hypnotherapy memes with pertinent and well-constructed research studies from our field. In there, there is a couple of studies that refer to enhancing the quality of life for those diagnosed with cancer. Now, despite such studies, it is ground to be trodden upon very carefully when you mention the word cancer. Um, We can make no claims currently about treating cancer. 
Um, and my interest was therefore piqued when I saw a media article that had the title Hypnosis and its Use in Cancer Treatment in this particular publication. And it refers to the fact that patients with cancer who frequently experience pain, sickness, nausea, and um, for women with breast cancer, hot flushes, loss of self-esteem and fear of surgery, um, that hypnosis therefore has benefits that have been researched and presented to the medical community. Those benefits are, are reduced pain and stress associated with the cancer, a, dec a decrease in the after effects of chemotherapy and radiation treatments, improved mental state with less stress, less anxiety, a feeling of greater control and acceptance of the situation, better post-surgical response, um, measured as a decrease in pain, requiring less medication, less tiredness, faster healing from the surgery itself. You know, again, wow. Um, um, the um, um, the article goes on to to quote a book that um, um, and to quote literature reviews of studies conducted on the use of hypnotic techniques um, um, and 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 has some really great literature referred to. Um, patients with cancer can use hypnosis to activate and trigger their immune system as well, aid their body in fighting the disease potentially. Um, patients are often given instructions on using particular types of guided imagery to imagine their immune system working. Um, and over time and across a number of instances, it's been shown, you know, hypnosis has been shown, according to this article, to improve clinical and cost outcomes connected to cancer treatment. Um, um, they mentioned that one of the points I made earlier, that there have been very few studies that examined and isolated hypnosis as a researched treatment for cancer overall. Um, but one quoted study measured the effects of hypnosis um, just on women patients who were undergoing biopsy and um, demonstrated that, that they experienced lower levels of anxiety and pain during the procedure, for example. Um, um, the article has a number of references um, included within it, which I think are incredibly valuable to anyone looking to explore this area of hypnotherapy application. And do go check out the studies that I mentioned um, within our own hypnotherapy memes that, that, that I share on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it's just a brilliant yet sober and factual coverage for another wonderful application of hypnosis and wouldn't it be wonderful um, um, if, if more nurses reading this particular publication were thusly equipped with the hypnosis skill set to help with um, oncology care ongoing. Um, our third and final story uh, is entitled um, BDO World Championship Darts. Hypnotherapy relaxes Scott Mitchell ahead of Lakeside Beard. And this story is shared by me for two reasons. One, it features in my local newspaper, the Bournemouth Echo. Woohoo! Two, it's all about darts. Yes, darts. I love the fact that it's referred to as a sport. Um, anyway, Brands Gore Thrower. Uh, Scott Mitchell. He's kicked off his bid to regain the BDO World Championship that he won two years ago, thanks in part, he says, to the help of hypnotherapist Stephen McKibben. Um, reflecting on the impact of this hypnotherapist upon his darts career, Mitchell told the Bournemouth Daily Echo, and I'll quote him, people said it was a waste of money getting a mind coach, but Stephen has been a big turning point for me. He just makes me feel at ease about what I'm doing, stops me being 
too harsh on myself and gives me confidence. And he later goes on to add, you can struggle to sleep the night before a game. There's nothing bigger than the World Championships. It's on TV. It's our showpiece. So there are nights when you struggle to sleep, but he helps me with that as well. So it's brilliant for me and the results show that. Mitchell added, I'm probably not as on edge as I usually am heading into it, which is a good thing. And it certainly is, Scott, yes. And I wish you the very best of luck. You're a great advert for what we do here. Um, But heck, with hypnotherapy on your side, you won't need luck, will you? Not on your Nelly. And uh, links to these media stories, uh, they're, they're, they're all a great read this week. They're listed under this week's podcast entry on www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Next up, we have this week's professional discussion. Then I welcome back Claude Rebo. When he and I spoke and debated together at the UK Hypnosis Convention last year, Claude talked a bit about his active alert approach to hypnosis, which he'd been lecturing upon. And we discovered some parallels from my own hypnosis for running protocols in particular, which, which really excited me. One of the things I often do when I meet hypnosis professionals and lecturers is to cite research that I think is pertinent to their area of expertise, which often leads me to gauging their level of expertise, albeit in my own biased fashion. Yeah, And yes, I know, I know, I have issues. And I'll do my best to, to deal with being so utterly judgmental in my own way. However, Claude was well aware of the research that I mentioned. It made me very happy indeed. The notion of doing hypnosis when someone rides a stationary bicycle is likely to seem alien to some hypnotherapists. But that's exactly what's done within the research of Eva Banier, for example, and how hypnosis gets conducted, often in Claude's therapy rooms too. So active alert hypnosis, that's what we discuss here. Here is this week's professional discussion with Claude Rebo. So I'm back again with Claude Ribot, and um, this week we're going to be talking about active alert hypnosis with Claude. Um, Claude presents on this subject around the world, and it's it's of specific interest to me, in particular for those people that are aware of some of my own work with regards to using hypnosis when when being physically active themselves, in particular with regards to running and and endurance sports. Um, so I'm really, really been fascinated to, to to talk to Claude about this and explore some of his extensive work with regards to it. So first of all, Claude, for anybody listening and tuning in today, first of all, can you just tell us what do we actually mean? What are we talking about here? What actually is active alert hypnosis? Well, active alert hypnosis is the contrary of the traditional hypnosis. It stands for action instead of relaxation. It is, of course, a standardized introduction, induction that involves open eyes, measurable physical activity, but no mention of relaxation or sleep. During the hypnosis and also for its induction, the clients pump a stationary bike under heavy load or any other piece of sports equipment. We use a standard procedure for the induction. It is, um, it is really standardized with suggestions of alertness, attentiveness, yeah. attentiveness and freshness instead of sleep yeah. and drowsiness and things like that. Yeah. 
the hypnotic state produced by this active alert induction is nearly identical with the traditional relaxation induction. That's the interesting point. Because this opens the door for using hypnosis in situations that require open eyes and alert attention. Active alert hypnosis is thus and therefore a gateway into a truly remarkable state of alert, awakened consciousness, free of the habitual distractions of the discursive mind. That's important for sports also. Such it can provide a healing respite, and individuals can easily learn to seek refuge in this dynamic state of undistracted presence, even in the midst of their daily routines, like going out for running, yeah. during lunchtime. Mm, mm. Um, um, I like that. I, I love that. You know, I'm really looking forward to exploring this a bit with you today. Um, um, t- t- tell me then, how, how, did you, how did this come about? You know, how did you develop this interest in this area? Well, you know, as a child, I did a lot of mountaineering. Mm. And I remember from walking up and up and up and then there was a there was a, always a time when you reached to the hilltops and you got that feeling of lightness this feeling of empowerment and proudness and this is also a kind of hypnotic state therefore and i mean as soon as i had come across an advertisement of a training in active alert hypnosis in germany by a Dr. Chulo Biro, a Hungarian, I subscribed immediately to that training and I was so fascinated fascinated about the method that the the night after return from that program, I ordered a stationary bike for my office and three days later I started to work with clients. Well, uh, since then, I have done between two and three thousand of uh, active alert sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the um, um, you, 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 you're, you are maintaining this this activity level, a physiological activity level, whilst being receptive to hypnosis at the same time. You actually use, and it's uh, it's it has to be understood that you move and through the movement to actually get into that trance state. Just because of the standardized induction. So yeah, yeah. Uh, while moving, you get into that state, and at a certain stage, you get some kind of dissociation between the movements and the rest of your mind, the rest of your body and mind even. So yeah. at this, uh, you move on and on and on while you're in hypnosis, and then you can do whatever you want during this period uh, when you're in hypnosis. Yeah, yeah, because this is, this is interesting, and and it raises a really interesting discussion that that maybe maybe is is for another day. But I um I make reference to some of the 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 work of Eva Banier that she did with Ernest Hilgard, um, yes. um which which was which where she used she used stationary bicycles, um, within her research to get people's metabolism really high, and they were still really responsive to hypnosis, but not necessarily physically relaxed and I remember having many discussions with some professional peers where I said where I said look you know when I'm running a a marathon or an ultra marathon I'm not necessarily physically relaxed and one of my colleagues said to me well you know you might not think you're physically relaxed but actually it's it's 
you know, there's there's a kind of fluidity and a comfort to to the motion, and that sometimes you're mentally relaxed and so on. So there was a really interesting discussion to be had about the role of relaxation and whether whether the two were correlated or not. Um, so tell me, primarily, Claude, what are the kind of distinctions, and how is it different from perhaps some of the usual explanations and applications of hypnosis that people typically think of? Well, of course, uh, the most obvious, it's completely different in terms of how I explain it to people and how I make its application. Yeah. But interesting enough, it's very similar in terms of its effect. So while the hypnosis is still described as a state of narrowed focus and higher suggestibility, yeah. metaphors of this relaxation or sleep or even deeper and deeper are never used yeah. in alert hypnosis Great. on the other hand it is by words like focus freshness alertness um, the hypnosis is induced so also the movements are described as light automatic the legs move without any effort like a motor of your car totally separated from the rest of your body this is the type of uh, induction we do so it's not really comparable to the traditional relaxation hypnosis. But the interesting, as I said, is that the hypnosis achieved that way is very simpler in its effect, um, like the, as the traditional clinical hypnosis. Yeah. Because um, re research has shown that um, there is no difference in the fact that people realize a difference in the state of consciousness. And also, very important, there is a strong time distortion, which usually can be absorbed in every active alert hypnosis, but also, of course, in the relaxation hypnosis. We actually can make the same tests with hallucination, with, NL, with amnesia, we can have the effect of post-hypnotic suggestions, we can have a pain-free hand, whatever uh, we do in with relaxation hypnosis, we also can do it in active alert hypnosis. Yeah. So there are, of course, a few differences. Obviously, you don't feel relaxed in this active alert hypnosis, but on the other hand, uh, as a contrary to the traditional hypnosis, you feel like crossing boundaries yeah and also an interesting thing is that um, you actually establish um, the ability for joyful dreams very colorful joyful dreams wow. now that that means uh, that's also quite interesting for any performance hypnosis can because when you actually see your performance in very in a very colorful way, it can be much more effective than uh, when you see it just in very uh, simple colors. Or so you actually enhance the empowerment by such such dreams or visualizations strongly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and within within those within those you know your discussion there. Um, um, do, do you then find yourself having to explain hypnosis in quite a different way to, to your clients that are coming to see you for active alert hypnosis? So I, it usually comes down to um, the definition of uh, 
a narrowed attention yeah, and sure, a higher sure. level of learning, thus a higher speed of change. Right, right. So that's, that's what I explain. And, you know, I don't have to tell them that uh, you're uh, in control of yourself because, uh, uh, well, they are mostly on a bike. Although yeah. you don't need a bike, you can do, you can even walk on the ground. Yeah. And, um, you can induce it then, um, and it's also not, you don't need heavy sports equipment, but it's always very, you don't have to tell that uh, uh, this old story you have, uh, you don't lose your uh, your consciousness, you don't sleep, nobody can control you, you don't have to tell this to people, because uh, they immediately will feel that they are empowered just by moving. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, you, I, I find that part of it really refreshing. Yeah. So you don't have to tell the same story. I mean, we all know that we all have told the story. Hypnosis is not this and that. And you can still yeah. can control. And you don't do things you do. Um, you, you wouldn't do otherwise. Uh, and all these things. But here you can be much shorter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this free talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really interested in that. I'm simply, I think, from from the point of view of people turning up with certain expectations sometimes of what hypnosis is like, and and then to be active and and engaged and aware and and focused and light and using these this freshness, alert, awake kind of language. Um, um it's very different, I think, than the kind of cliched responses of deeper and and it being all kind of slow and and pronounced so you know it's it's really it's music to my ears that is um i should imagine as well and one of the things that i say to, to people is that i think this is this kind of a application of hypnosis is great news for people that have anxiety for example because you know people very often with anxiety turn up to a hypnotherapist and think i must be able to relax and sit down and be deep and be zonked out and be really quiet so to speak and it must be nice for them to be able to think well actually perhaps I don't need to really profoundly relax and be zonked out because you know I, I can still be upbeat um, um, so I'm really interested Claude within your experience how, what are the sort of main applications of the the active alert hypnosis and and how is it mainly applied and used within your own work well there is um the, i have a difficulty in saying what it is mainly because i it is very broad in its application so right, okay. i just can tell you i can just can respond to you in terms of this anxiety management. So, for example, if somebody is on the bike and um, you can actually do in a hypnotic state or during the hypnosis, you actually can work with him very well on his on his anxiety. Yeah. Um, there is an interesting reason behind that, which is not available in, in relaxation hypnosis, because we all know that some of the positive effects which we collect from EMDR comes from the come from this left right brain activation now imagine you are on a bike you have a, a fear of from whatever and at the same time you move your leg 
clicks left, right, left, right, left, right. So actually, you do, you already do what is done during EMDR sessions, but you do it yourself. Mm. At the same time, you support it by the hypnotist or by the therapist in some uh, typical. Uh, anxiety management processes or regression or whatever so it is ideal because the client actually is bringing himself already out of this anxiety just by moving yeah absolutely that's, that's very interesting yeah yeah I, I love that and and you see for me for me you know I think it's it's nice for anxiety management clients to not feel that they have to try and relax because the very nature of their problem sometimes is that they struggle to relax yeah. and and to be to be reassured you know actually you don't necessarily have to be completely relaxed you know you can you can be active within the session and still manage your anxiety is is wonderful and it's it goes even further just if we remain with this issue so if you actually can confront the anxiety and you actually lose the anxiety from the anxiety because many people they are in, uh, anxious of um, becoming anxious so yeah. uh, here we teach them to go through this total process to confront it and to get the strength actually from anxiety mm, mm. I, I love to hear that. It's one, this is one uh, example, and this is this works very well with young people also. It's it's very fast actually because it's it's a matter of a few minutes, and people go through that. Yeah, yeah. Massive anxieties. And so, one of as you know, one of the um, one of one of my my main loves in this field is self-hypnosis and running and so some of my own work has been showing people how to be able to apply self self-regulated applications of hypnosis when they are doing activity do you do you also teach that so is this portable or or, or do you need to be with them um or, or are they able to be taught so that they can then go and apply these things in their own life no, not at all. So uh, we, we, I really support the, the, the fact that people actually can do self-hypnosis. One big area of application is uh, learning because nowadays children sit for learning yeah. and we made the observation that, for, for example, dyslexic children who do not like to read, if you if you give them a kind of audio and let them run uh, while listening to this audio, they actually are much better in memorizing than uh, if when they are sitting down. Just to give you an example, mm. so we actually created what we call run-learn apps. These are applications where you get any kind of induction, which is an active alert induction, and then within a few minutes, in a very con concentrated way, uh, learning content. Of course, at, till now, we actually have produced only in, this only in German, but mm. um, uh, about spelling, which is, yeah. uh, which is a subject hated by children. So now, within 11 minutes, they get the nine uh, most important spelling rules for the German language and they also can they learn it while they are running or moving fast. Uh, 
So this is a big application. Of course, um, I have a friend. He's uh, uh, he he's run. He's doing ultra marathons. Yeah. And he actually he did it mainly on the basis of active alert hypnosis. Brilliant. And, uh, he actually uses that for every step he's dure, uh, doing during the marathon. So he's running, and during during the running, he is pushing all this freshness, this lightness. Life is 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 fantastic. I, I enjoy every minute. I this this. Uh, beautiful mountains uh, and these rivers and the air, I enjoy it every minute and I get fresh and the more I go, the stronger I get. The more I go, the stronger I get. The more resistance I get, the more power it gives me. And it yeah. really works well. I have uh, done a lot of work with uh, athletes like uh, Nordic skiing athletes, running and other endurance sports. And they all, they were actually able to use resistance as a kind of motor to move forward. Oh, wow. And of course, there are other, other fields of, um, where you can exp uh, um, uh, use it for other sports like tennis. Uh, there, for example, the kids... Those young athletes, they are not so eager to do a lot of endurance training. And yeah. they're also not uh, so eager to do all these visualization things all the time. So um, with active alert hypnosis, you actually can make both of them more effective because you bring them together. And then um, they also they can do their visualization training and their endurance and training at the same time and they really enjoy it and mm. it works very well i made a check with a tennis school it was just amazing how much they could remember how how well their memory was about what they did during active alert hypnosis it's just really i was amazed they knew every detail yeah 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 um i i i love hearing this stuff the um I think I'm going to be I'm going to be out running tomorrow morning saying to myself the further I go the stronger I get. Yes. This is for sure. <laughs> um um Claude I could talk to you all day about this particular subject. I'm I'm really really fascinated by it. I'm very fond of it. Um um for anybody that wants to go and learn more um um can they can they go and track down your website and see the kind of courses you're running and the speaking engagements and learn learn from it that way um or are, is there other avenues to go where they can learn more about this subject well uh, i just started to go uh, international uh, in in english language by the end of last year so um, it has not yet been so much developed as i would have liked yeah. it to be but i will be on a few conferences and um, soon i also will update there is a little inf a little bit of information available uh, on my homepage but i i'm also not yet satisfied and at the same time, I will also provide you some links to link you to the original uh, research that actually has uh, brought forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. And we can put the um, 
yeah, we could put the the, the those bits and pieces uh, up on the website, and those people could follow those links should they wish to. That would be that would be great. Yes. Great. Um, um, all that remains for me to say, Claude, thank you ever so much for coming and being so generous with your expertise and your time um, and being a great guest on Hypnosis Weekly. Thank you, Claude Ribot. I really enjoyed that. I particularly loved the passion that Claude clearly has for this approach to hypnosis. Off air, Claude was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to discuss some of the major applications of using active alert hypnosis, for example, to help with depression and with hyperactive children. And there was just loads that he wanted to share. And him and I are going to continue our discussions privately. But I hope to get him back on the show again in the future and we'll definitely corner him at the next UK Hypnosis Convention for sure. Uh, there is a link to Claude's website on this episode's page at the Hypnosis Weekly website. Do go and explore. I have also included uh, on the episode webpage a link to the dissertation of a graduate of, of my college named Bunny Besley, a truly excellent and knowledgeable hypnotherapist entitled The Effect of Relaxed and Alert Hypnosis Techniques Upon Memory of Scripts. Uh, if you're interested in the discussion the paper is also going to interest you so on to this week's evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week um, and it's this spinal cord pain can be decreased and perceived pain control raised with self-hypnosis training so this is a study this is from a study entitled effects of self-hypnosis training and emg biofeedback relaxation training on chronic pain in persons with spinal cord injury it's a 2009 paper by mark jensen and a number of other colleagues um, that featured in the international journal of clinical and experimental hypnosis um, the study showed and demonstrated that individuals with spinal cord injury and chronic pain were randomly assigned to receive 10 sessions of self-hypnosis training or EMG biofeedback relaxation training for pain management. Although participants in both treatment conditions reported substantial decreases in pain intensity from before through to after the treatment sessions, only those who had the self-hypnosis sessions reported statistically significant decreases in daily average pain following treatment. And these decreases in pain uh, reported by the self-hypnosis group were maintained at the three-month follow-up. Additionally, only those who received self-hypnosis training reported significant increases in perceived control over pain. So um, the, the addition and the relationship um, um, that, that I explore greatly within my own work between self-hypnosis and self-efficacy is definitely apparent within this particular study. Full study details can be found over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. And that is it for this week's 63rd edition. I do have many more exciting guests that I'll welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming weeks too. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating, and above all, remaining friends. And to repeat, any listener to the Hypnosis Weekly podcast can get a 20% discount on all of my advanced online hypnosis trainings. Um, um, if you just visit my college website, AE College of Hypnosis, or one word, dot UK, use the code PODCAST20, it'll happen. 
All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Next time out, we have a special edition. I'm not going to share any details just yet. Just wait and see. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. So do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website. I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else really help us reach the hypnosis community and field. My thanks again to Claude Ribot and thanks to you for tuning in. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. 